0: a new co-worker who used to work at the Hershey restaurant, or not the Hershey restaurant, the Hershey factory. And they- and in, in Pennsylvania? No. Like, they have a distributor around here, I guess. Oh, oh. I didn't know And, like, one that. of the things that, like, people that work at those companies get to do is just take, they get to take on, like, X amount of candy a year. They That'd just don't have to sell it. They can give it to people, but they can't sell it.
1: I would be so large.
0: Yeah. And then, well, to I be fair, sure, I don't really like Hershey's that much. They have, but it's, like, all the products they make. Yeah. Like desserts. They have a lot of things. There'd so be other really stuff that I are Hershey's. would Because like. um, I'm not a big fan of their chocolate specifically. Hershey's
1: some- chocolate, like just a plain Hershey's chocolate bar, makes me thirsty. Yeah. Like, I, I feel dehydrated I, yeah. after I eat two squares of it.
0: I really like Kit Kats, though. I think they're my favorite candy bar. Oh, I love bar. Kit Kats. And those are Hershey, But they're... I, would I don't know if there, it was a joke Or if it was an all serious end. Like yeah we have a big diabetes problem amongst our employees so <laughs> I'm like is this true I don't know if this is a joke right now Because I've just met <laughs> you and I don't know if this is humor yet
1: <laughs> I'd be one of them If there's Kit Kats involved I'd be one of them And I always forget about how much I like Kit Kats Until I hear someone talk about them or until. And then I, like I'm like our new to I just bought one I love Kit Kats. They have a mint cho- and dark chocolate Kit Kat. Oh, that sounds lovely. It was like the best thing I've ever had in my life. And they sell them at Target in like those snack packs. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now I gotta go to Target on my way home. <laughs> Just kidding, I already went to Target. I can't do that again. Anyway, that's really all I have to talk about.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything that's like sh- like for here to talk about.
1: No. Um, I went first last time. Did you? Yes. Oh. I edited it. I would know. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's
0: true. Oh, yeah, because I was like, hold on, wait, you have Because you had
1: gone, like, three times in a row. Yeah, I was like, first. I absolutely cannot go
0: first. Um, doesn't matter.
1: Would but yours have any good pictures to go first on Instagram is the question. To go first on...
0: <laughs> well, here, I'll I'll answer that question by searching the topic because
1: sometimes like your story will go first and I'm like there's literally nothing great that I dang did, it but, there's no good which photos. is good that like your the one you did last week was kind second good.
0: because it didn't have like the best yeah. pictures that went with the story I forgot to like think about that um, how does this man make you feel does it pretty good about not this it's it's this fellow there's there's a photo of him on a bike and I love it so much.
1: Yeah, those are pretty good. You can go first.
0: Yeah, he's, like, very, it looks like he's learning how to ride the bike he in the picture. looks like,
1: um, what that guy from The Shining, what's that kid's name?
0: No, that's, that, that's exactly how he looks, how, and how, like, he's positioned <laughs> on it, because, like, the seat's so low. Like, the
1: child from The Shining yeah. is what he looks like. Why, like, in my head, it's Timmy, but I
0: know it's not. I have, I have no, no anyway, memory of what he's doing. Yeah, you can is. go first. Okay. <laughs> the new way we choose. Who has the better photos? <laughs> okay, so mine's not true crime or paranormal.
1: Oh, was I, gonna, I was going to
0: say something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> nope, that's YouTube. We don't have that. Rate, mm. leave a review. Tell your friends.
1: Oh, it was that. We have 31 followers on Spotify. I know me and Drew are two of them, but...
0: I'm, I'm a third. I was like, wow. But I don't know 31 people, so some wow. of those have to be strangers, right?
1: <laughs> we'll it'd be 20-something with the people that we know. Mm, you're right, still. Following it. Still. But no, I saw that and I was like, wow, we're so popular. But then I'm like, only one person has listened to our newest episode. <laughs> it's okay. And We had, like, a really busy April and, like for some and reason. And I don't know,
0: you know, what people's listening patterns are, but, like, I'll, like binge, episode, like, binge podcasts and then yeah. I don't, I'm not there for the monthly, up, like, the weekly updates. I'm not there for no. the page update. I'm and just I like, oh, wait, it... I like that one. Go back, catch well, up. Well, especially,
1: like, working from home. Like, when I would listen to podcasts, it would be, like, when I worked, you know, actually worked somewhere and had mm-hmm. to drive there. But now I'm, like, I don't I don't think, I remember the last time I've listened to a podcast.
0: I listened to them while well, I still drive to work, and that's the main time I yeah. listen to them. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. That's why I'm like, I don't know. And, like, the ones that I prefer to actually listen to, I listen to less because I'll put on ones that I like less during work, so I'm not missing anything. Mm -hmm. If I ever just need, like, extra sound while I'm, like, typing or whatever. But don't want to listen to music because I don't... I don't pay for Spotify, so listening to music on Spotify sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you to our Spotify
1: followers. Yeah, and who like your there's probably followers on the other platforms, but I have no clue how to look at those. I don't either. So I don't know how any of this works.
0: We're well, lucky because, we like, publish
1: it. Well, <laughs> because the way that because we use what's it called and like that just distributes it Anchor. distributes it to everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying distribute right. It distributes it to everybody. So like I don't have an account. As far as I'm aware, yeah. on like Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. that I can log into and like look at the analytics uh, analytics on there mm-hmm. or like Google Podcasts or like whatever. Like I don't know how to check those cuz I I've never made an account. Mm-hmm. Which like maybe I have an account through the way that we do it and that mm-hmm. like sets you up an account with the same everything, but I have no clue. So anyway. Thank you to the people who listen and follow yes, us. Thank it's you. very surprising. Even if it's two people that we don't know personally.
0: We appreciate you. That's surprising. Anyway, I think we're entertaining. I mean, we at least entertain ourselves. Yeah, that's why we do it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I listen to some podcasts, and I'm like, "There's no way people think this is better than what we do." <laughs> it's sometimes, just like a especially of like... like really big ones, I'm like, "People enjoy this for how? For why? Like it? Famous people aren't." entertaining to me.
0: I I when they actually talk
1: about their regular lives or their opinions on things. I'm like, I don't care because the things that you're talking about don't matter to you in your life. You're so far above everything that you put your input on, it doesn't make sense why you can think you should spread your opinion about it. (laughs)
0: That's not untrue.
1: I mean anyway.
0: Okay. You ready for my story? Yes. So as I was trying to say before We'll see if that part makes it in or not If it gets cut out It's it's not a paranormal, it's not a true crime It's just some weird American history today Because when I was writing it I was real mad and sad at the world So I needed something that was nice <laughs> And Fair that's what enough. I think this story is I think this story is pretty nice <laughs> Definitely um, happier than most stories we tell Not that some of the paranormals are fine mm-hmm. Actually a lot of them are just sort of Weird, ghosty things happened. Anyway. Um, so my story is about the Emperor of the United States and the Protector of Mexico. Never heard of that. <laughs> Didn't you know we had an emperor? No. My sources are Wikipedia and then the EmperorNortonTrust.org, which is, like, the <laughs> official, like, repository for all information about this guy. Um... So Joshua Abraham Norton was born most likely in February of 1818. The 1818 is right. The date of like the month is the thing that they're not entirely sure about, but it was something that they really really were emphasizing in all of the things I read, which I thought was really funny. Like we don't know. It might be February, it might be some other time. It's like y'all, it's okay. You can just it's it's long enough ago, you can say the year. Yeah. You just say the year. <laughs> So he was born in Deptford, Kent, England, to Jewish-English parents, um, John and Sarah Norton. Um, his mom's maiden name was Norton, and I, that bothered me because I don't say T's and D's enough, like differently enough as an American, for those to be different Norton? last names. Yes, Norton is his last name. His mother's maiden name, though, is Norden. Norton, okay. If <laughs> you say those with American accent quickly, it's Norton and Norton. And they're almost the same. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Um, and he was the second oldest of 12 children. A lot of children. So Joshua and his family moved to South Africa when he was two. So obviously not all the siblings were born yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joshua's father, John, worked as a farmer and merchant. But his his merchant merchanting, that's not a thing. That's not a thing at all. What, what does one call that kind of business? What? A merchanting business. <laughs> a merchant business? Whatever a, it was. A merchantile. Uh-huh. A mercantile.
1: I said merchant, merchant funny. Oh, I get it. I was like, a is like a store, though, because he's just... Merchant
0: He wasn't doing too great at being a merchant by nineteen or 1840. 1840. Um, so the, the wealth is... They were doing good. Then they weren't doing good. That's the story of his family's wealth. (laughs) So John died in 1848. He was preceded by his wife and then his first and third oldest children. So that leaves Joshua as the oldest and primary heir to his father's estate. Though it is assumed um, that, like, by the time his dad dies, the state of things were so crummy with the inheritance that there was little to nothing to inherit other than maybe debt. (laughs) Yeah. But that's not – they're not sure um, because they don't have – good documentation of it Mm -hmm. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't exist but the sources i access didn't access better documents um so before all the deaths in 1845 joshua had left cape town so left his family in, in south africa and headed back to england and then in 1846 he boarded a ship headed to boston so he is not home when his Dad finally dies, and he's like in line to inherit things. Yeah. Um, so after this, history loses track, track track of Joshua for her time. They know, they know he leaves for Boston. They have no clue where he is for three years, until he arrives in San Francisco. <laughs> um, they do seem to, however, know that he was living in the Cape of Good Hope for a little bit down mm-hmm. in like the very tip of South America. So what I. What I assume happened, what my guess would be, is that he, you know, was in Boston. He goes, "Okay, I need to get to California." There's no Panama Canal yet. He says, "There's no way in heck I'm hopping on a, um, you know, a Conestoga wagon and making it all the way across the the continent. We're gonna take the best route of the time, which is he doesn't want dysentery. So all the way down, down, the down, America, down the coast of North America, down the coast to South America, and then back up. I assume he was able to." Pay for the trip down to South Africa. South America had to had cut to it off there. Money. Made more money, and then from the, from the t- from the Cape of Good Hope, made it back up um, to San Francisco.
1: You say San Francisco weird. I don't. Do I like
0: San Francisco? S- <laughs> yeah, I don't say yeah Francisco. I don't say <laughs> together. San Francisco. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he arrives in San Francisco somewhere around 18... I can't not say it, though, is how I say it. I <laughs> so know, I'm
1: just saying you say it weird.
0: Sometime around 1849 with um, $40,000. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot now just to yes. just loosely arrive somewhere with. And that's then money. I was going to say, that's... In <laughs> today money, it's, it's 1.5 million. Wow. <laughs> so he did good. That's crazy. In those three years somehow. Or unless that was like what, like, the inheritance somehow caught up and there actually was something to inherit. Again, we're unsure. We don't know how we get to this point very well. Um, so once in San Francisco, he establishes the Joshua Norton & Company, which is a real estate and imports business, and in three years' time transforms his $40,000 into 250000 So that's about $9.7 $9.8 actually, which is pretty good in three years, in the yeah. olden times especially. Even now, if I did that well, i would be great. <laughs> um, so he was a good businessman. He knew all the right people, was members of all the right clubs and committees. He was invited to the right parties, stayed with, at the best hotels. Like, he, he, he knew who he needed to interact with to do well. And uh, people apparently liked him because they let him do it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, things were going well for him financially until he took some bad business advice In 1852. So China had placed a ban on rice exports because they were suffering from an extreme famine in their country at the time. So they weren't going to export the rice they needed to feed their people. Mm -hmm. Um, So Joshua attempted to corner the rice market by buying expensive Peruvian rice. um, Because someone was like, here's what you got to do. You can corner the market. Buy this rice from Peru. Apparently, this person had told a whole bunch of other people because, like, within, like, a week, multiple shiploads of rice <laughs> from South America showed up. And so, like, the amount of money he put in on the rice, he could never get back. Yeah. Because now it was – the everything was oversaturated in San Francisco. Like, there's too much rice. Yeah. Um, so between the losses from the bad purchases and the following years of legal battles – because he tried to get out of the rice deal, he's like, "I was, I was bamboozled, I was hoodwinked. This is the contract is null and void." Um, and he, he basically spends all his money trying to win this legal argument, um, and goes broke. <laughs> happens to the best of us. So, like the entire time, he seems to still be like trying to interact with society as he had been. Not necessarily like spending Buku money, because I don't think he was ever really spending an insane amount of money. That never appeared to be the case. He yeah. just, you know, was present at events. <laughs> um, he seemed to continue to try to do that. And then in 1858, he ran for the U.S. Congress <laughs> while living in a working-class boarding house, because that's, that's where he, that's where his financial situation ended up at. He was in boarding houses now. And he's in he's in boarding houses for the rest of his life, this. he doesn't ever get his wealth back it's gone (laughs) um because he was really really stuck on justice (laughs) for his bad financial decision um so by 1859 he's become completely he's become completely fed up with the legal and political structure of the U.S. and ran a manifesto in the San Francisco Daily Evening Bulletin, which outlined the crisis that the nation was in and the need for immediate action to address these issues. Two months later, he published a second proclamation in a newspaper. And this is a quote from the newspaper. Um, At the... Oh, shoot, this is going to be hard to read because he uses crazy words. (laughs) Do you want me to read (laughs) What is this word, Mimi? Peremptory? Yeah, peremptory. At the peremptory request of a large majority of the citizens of the United States, I, Joshua Norton, formerly of Algoa Bay, Cape of Good Hope, and now for the last nine years and ten months passed in San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself emperor of the U.S. (laughs) and, (laughs) and virtue of the authority thereby... In me vested, do hereby order and direct representatives of the different states of the Union to assemble in mus- in musical hall of this city on the first day of February next. then and there hold on then and there to make such an, such alterations to the existing laws of the union as may ameliorate mm-hmm. the evils under which the country is laboring. And thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad and our stability and integrity signed Norton I, Emperor of the United States. I need to do that. Um, I'm sick of this place. I'm just going to take over. The worst part is absolutely everything he has a problem with is still an issue. Yeah, because <laughs> things don't freaking change. Because the status quo is for who the, the people who was working for before still working for him.
1: Oh, must be um, nice.
0: So, which thereafter was, I don't even know what I typed there. I think I was, like, quoting something and didn't put quotes, and now I'm confused. Um, so a while later, Napoleon III invades Mexico, and so he, like, publishes another thing in the newspaper. And he's like, I'm also, by the way, protector of Mexico, because he was not happy that Napoleon Third was doing this. Um, so he was, like, claiming, he's like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Mexico staying where it is, how it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Norton worked hard to pass political reform as <laughs> yes, the emperor of the United States um, that he thought, and he thought he was working for political reform that he thought would save the nation from utter ruin. Um, so, he, ruined, his propositions honey. for political change included abolish Congress. Yes um, Then later He followed this with Use the army To forcibly clear The halls of congress Because no one Was abolishing congress So now we need To have the army To remove them Fair um, enough Then he said Dissolve the two party system Which is totally correct Okay We need to do that um, Dissolve the republic Of the United States As a whole And briefly return To a monarchy Until things are Better sorted What he's saying Is like I should briefly Be in charge And we'll get Everything fixed And then we'll Put it back Yeah um, Fair enough So far I trust him Yeah <laughs> So other things he was vocal about, um, he was anti-corruption um, and anti-fraud in all sectors, political, corporate, personal, all of it. Be a good person, you know. Um, he was consistent and pers. He was a consistent and persistent voice for better treatment and better legal protection for immigrants and minorities. Um, for example, he demanded African Americans be allowed on streetcars and be able to attend public schools, both of which I did not know. Mm-hmm they weren't allowed to do in san francisco um he also commanded that the court system allow chinese people to be able to testify in court i also didn't know that hmm. that was an issue um he was once quoted saying the eyes of the emperor will be upon anyone who shall counsel any outrage or wrong to the chinese because um, like he's living on the streets he is a basically a homeless person so he sees all of yeah all of everything right um, and what he does with his time, writes about it in the newspaper, how about things need to change, we need to be better. <laughs> um, he called for all parties that were conducted as frauds against Native Americans to be publicly punished and then, and that the punishment should be determined by as many Native leaders that could be assembled. Like they would come, yeah. all the Native leaders would come together and be like, here's what we're doing to you, and then and it'd all be public, there'd be no secret that these people were bad. Yeah. Um. So, so far, he's doing pretty good <laughs> mm-hmm. with, with the changes that he wants. So, he's strongly supported the separation of church and state, warned against the dangers of Puritanism and sectarianism, when sectarianism is best described as meaning that, like, anti anything like racism, sexism, classism, religious discrimination, homophobia, anything that pits one group against another, another anything that others somebody else. He's anti that concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which he like went so far as to retend like he would go to all religious institutions to prove how much he believed in that because he, yeah. like, he was like I'm a religious person but I'm a religious person not a religion mm-hmm. <laughs> so like if, if it was a religious Spiritual institution in the area more. he went to it um, rather than it having like a specific background so he that was also out there. I know it's very noisy jeez <laughs> I don't was, think you can hear it on this but I, I just won't stop <laughs> He was also um, anti Sunday laws. They're like they're also called blue laws, which is like you know like how you can't sell alcohol on Sundays in certain counties. Like we still yeah. have them now. So it was anti Sunday laws, because they discriminate against like other groups that didn't have the same Sabbath or holy days or because rest days. Because there's supposed to be separation between. Exactly. And state. Literally, He's <laughs> like I'm not a Christian nation. Why are we doing this? It's still not. Um, he supported the woman's right to vote. Wow. He was a proponent of fair taxation and that people had basic rights and should be provided for them by society. Yes. Like, well-maintained roads, streetcars, fer- ferries, trains, all those things should be maintained. Like he paying was ahead taxes, of his time. Fix them. If he was still around today, he'd still be ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that He's so? He's still ahead of the time. <laughs> um, what is it, the, 18, the 1860s? That is so upsetting. Uh, he was a supporter of technological innovation, especially wow. if it enhanced the welfare of the public. It does not tear it down? No, but just like, like streetcars. Oh, okay. I remember there's no cars well, yet. Yeah. It's just yeah. horses and poop. <laughs> <laughs> so, Darton spent his days reading all major newspapers – um, going to the library and reading. He had a place where he went and played chess every day. He attended um, any public lectures or debates that he could get to. He made a point of often traveling to Sacramento to attend the proceedings of the state legislature. So he's like a super active citizen. Yeah. Um, he. So he did this all while living as a pauper at a 50 cent a day boarding house, which was often paid for by fi- beneficiaries from either the Masonic Brotherhood that he was a part of when he was wealthy, and then um, other former business associates, because people liked him. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough to get him off the streets, apparently, but I en- was gonna say. enough to make sure he doesn't die on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the other things that was notable about him, the way he dressed, as you've seen from the photos that I showed yes. you to see if he was interesting enough to go first. So he wore regimental uniform, sometimes Union, sometimes Confederate. So, like, military uniform, right? Um, It was always well-worn because he had got it. It had been, like, donated by the U.S. Army to, like, you know, places. Thrift stores. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Salvation Army type thing. Um, (laughs) So that's what he wore. He always carried a great gnarly walking stick. um, And he always wore a Dale carnation, so it would be, like, Wilty. The slightly wilted flowers. Someone would always give him one every day, which was very sweet. Um, Except he did have an outfit for formal attire in which he would still be wearing the hand-me-down army uniform. But he would also have oversized golden epaulets, a sword, and a beaver hat that had an ostrich plume. Wow.
1: (laughs) I I wish I was this man. I mean, there might have been bad things that he's done. So, take I was like, it as like I have you no, will, this is, but
0: they've only they only ever showed me the good things. other from than what we're hearing, the one time he tried to cheat the system with rice, and then karma really got him good. Uh, we all do things <laughs> that we regret. So, like, I, there's totally things, bad things he could have done. I couldn't find them anywhere. Um, so, in addition to the charitable contributions he received, food, rent, personal effects. Um, sorry. To make money in addition to what he was getting. Yes, yes. Charitably, which was the food, the rent, the personal effects. He would print and sell his own script, as in bills. Because, you know, he's the emperor. <laughs> which were honored in a number of places in San Francisco. Stop. I think they, I think he paid, like, seven cents for a bill or something like that. So that's how he would make a little, little bit of extra money.
1: That's how I'm trying to
0: Theaters would also save the best seats for him on opening night, oh. which is really sweet. Um, oh. So, yeah, they would save the best seats. Theaters would save the best seats for him on opening nights. That's so cute. Um, Emperor Norton was good for business because he uh, was talked about in the newspaper across the country. Um, and local shops would soul, sell plaster figurines of him because <gasps> he was like a tourist attraction, Where basically. Where can I find one? I know, right? It makes me want to look those up real bad. What's his name again? Um, he's... Uh, Norton, the first emperor of the United States, protector of Mexico.
1: Why is Pokemon coming up and Star Wars? Oh, no Emperor,
0: Try doll. Nope. Nope. nope, nope. I mean, we're nope. haunted now. We're cursed. <laughs> Stop. Why is that there? Like the Emperor Norton Trust might have something about the the figurines somewhere. Oh, here. <gasps> The little little plaster guys. Are these? They're new? pretty Because detailed. they made him buff. No, I think he just—it's a really—he's wearing an oversized suit usually. Stop! I want one. There's like more than one option, but these are all the different like they have coins, badges, stuff. There's a whole bunch of little things you could get that are for <laughs> Norton themed, like old things, like tourist bits and baubles that yeah. they had for him. That's cool. Um. So that's why people let him be eccentric and do all these things. <laughs> and supported him just enough. So, uh once a private security guard arrested Norton. So they had San Francisco had like normal police and then like bonus police and the bonus police are what I'm calling security guards because they weren't real police but they answered to the police chief. Okay. It was really weird. Anyway, one of these guys arrested Norton once accusing him of vagrancy. And then when that charge didn't stick, they accused him of lunacy. So the local newspapers came to his defense. (laughs) So in the bulletin, um, it said, What can only be described as the most dastardly of errors, Joshua A. Norton was arrested today. He's being held on the ludicrous charge of... Lunacy, <laughs> known and loved by all true San Franciscans as Emperor Norton, this kindly monarch of Montgomery Street is less a lunatic than those who have engineered these these trumped up charges. You tell them, <laughs> as they will learn, His Majesty's loyal loyal subjects are fully apprised of his of his outrage, and then in the Daily At, and the Daily Alta, um, Norton was on this day. A respectable merchant okay hold on i read that so wrong norton was in his day a respectable merchant and since he has worn the imperial purple he has shed no blood robbed nobody and despoiled the country of no one which is more than can be said for any of his fellows in that line saying <laughs> like not only he's a great leader what are you talking about this it's is not nonsense so but like when I think about it, it's like the newspaper is saying, "Nope, he is a leader." Actually, it's like sort of sort of means something. Yeah. Because you know, there's still states where you have to have your name in the newspaper multiple times before it's legal. Yeah. So like for the newspapers to be announcing him as as having this title in this space is is a good proof that he's not that the charges shouldn't stick. The charges aren't true, you know. Yeah. We already knew that, but. Um, so, Norton was released, and he gave the security guard an imperial pardon. And thereafter, all police officers saluted the emperor when he passed by them. <laughs> so, on 8th of January, um, 1880, while heading to the regular monthly debate at the Hastings Society at the Academy of Natural Sciences, the emperor collapsed and died. Oh, no. He was old. Yeah. He was yeah. born in 1818. Um, and then... Okay, which one of the newspapers published this, and I failed to write down which one. Um, but this is a quote. So on the reeking pavement in the darkness of the moonlit moonless night under the dripping rain and surrounded by a hastily gathered crowd of wandering strangers, Norton the first, by the grace of God, Emperor of the United States and Protector of Mexico, departed this life. Um, other sovereigns have died with no more of kindly care, and other sovereigns have died as they lived with all the pomp of earthly majesty. But death having touched them, Norton I rises up to exact peer of the the haughtiest kings or kaisers that have ever worn a crown. Um, Perhaps he will rise more than the peer of most of them. He had a better claim of kindly consideration than that of his lot um, sorry, this is a different font that I've been reading the rest of the time, and it's confusing me. Um, forbade to, forbade to wade through slaughter of a throne and shut the gates of mercy on mankind. Through his harmless proclamations can always be traced, an innate gentleness of heart, a desire to affect uses and a courtesy, the possession of which would materially improve the bitterful living princes whose names will notly will naturally suggest themselves notly it's not a word neither is bitterful but notly is definitely not a word <laughs> anyway the newspapers are very sad people were very Me too. sad so there's there's a lot of like legend that goes on with him and I tried to not include any of it cuz like he's a real person might as well tell his real story yeah um, so if some he's of he's a real were, person
1: who's been documented
0: yeah <laughs> um like like pretty decently yeah especially for a homeless person because
1: there's some people we cover that literally only is like
0: yeah urban
1: exactly So it's like things. i didn't see yeah.
0: the point including the myth because that doesn't that's not that's not someone's story you yeah. know it's it's important to include that there are myths about him yes that there are legends about him and they're all like they're all positive ones yeah. they're all like there's crazy things that he did um um, so, like one of the things, though, that is sort of legend is that it's reported that at least um, 10,000 people came to view his body. And that, here's the thing, that totally could have happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was also a tourist attraction and people loved death tourism. Yes. Um, in the olden days. And technically, they still do. Yeah. <laughs> so, all these podcasts exist. Yeah.
1: Um, but well, I mean, I don't know. Strangers don't really go to people's funerals. Anymore. No, they don't.
0: <laughs> like mass they, murder funerals. But, like, they don't have to. I guess they probably do. I don't think they usually publicize. I don't that. think you. love They used them to anymore. publicize yeah. death a lot more. And people were more aware of it. Anyway, um, so it's totally possible that many people did go, but only thirty mourners were at the uh, Masonic Cemetery where he was buried. Because again, he was part of the Brotherhood, so he did yeah. get to be buried there. But thirty people for again someone who is homeless. Is an insane number of people. That's a pretty like decent size yeah. to show up at the actual burial because like that's usually a smaller group anyway. Um, so he, he he had he had somebody supporting him, and I think like like I would I would have to think that the reason he was living how he was living was uh, a lot of it was more choice than you think it would yeah, be. Yeah, I was because I do think someone would probably have let him live in an extra room in their yes. house because like he knew enough rich people who would have enough extra space. Yeah. So I think this was like, I, I will take the 50 cents a day to pay for my lodging, and that's all, you know? Yeah. That's, it's sort of, based on the other things he did, that seems to be the right vibe. <laughs> so his body was one of the many moved during San Francisco's Great ceremony, Cemetery Eviction. They had a what? Great Cemetery Eviction in 1934 because they were, like, too close mm-hmm. to the city. They needed to expand the city, and the cemeteries were in the way. Guess what? Don't expand it um, there, then. Yeah, right? What the so heck? So he was reburied in Woodlawn Cemetery. If someone cemetery.
1: desecrated my grave to make their city
0: bigger... But it's like thousands. There'd be an earthquake every other second. <laughs> like that thing would never survive. So he was uh, reburied at Woodlawn Cemetery in Colma with a full civic and military honors, and he was given a new headstone. So like he was he wasn't lost yeah. during all of this, um, or so they say. Yeah, they, they think they identified the right body when they moved it. <laughs> That's always part of the problem mm-hmm. with that. So um, the king, if you've ever read um, Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Is like based off of his vibe. Oh. Like just just the concept of an eccentric old person yeah. who wants to be a ruler, thinks they are a ruler. Yeah. Not the rest of the things he did, because I don't think the king was a good character, if I'm remembering. that book I right? I don't remember it very well. Um, but Mark Twain had like, he like worked at the newspaper in San Francisco while Weird. Emperor Norton was like doing things. I didn't so know that. he like wrote about him sometimes and all that. Um, but yeah, that that's my weird American history bit. Very Instead interesting. Of <laughs> True crime or paranormal. Very interesting. And it felt it felt nice to talk about. <laughs> okay.
1: We're back on air. We're having technical difficulties and I am not smart enough with tech to know how to fix it, so we're down to one microphone for the moment.
0: Okay, we're sitting right next
1: um, to each other. Yeah. <laughs> So today, um, in order to branch out and try to get some listeners from other places, because let me pull up those ratings again. I think it's audience. There we go. Okay, so this is our listening percentage breakdown. So it's 86% in the United States, 4% Australia. Thank you, Australia. I'll try to do more Australian episodes, but I've recently tried to do research on a few and... It's hard because you get the history on, like, the websites. I, mostly I've been looking at paranormal stuff. I'll look back at true crime because I know there's a lot of true crime there. Mm-hmm. But, like, the websites that they have for the paranormal stuff, some of the stuff that they talk about, it's, like, not... It's just so I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I get lost when I'm doing the research. Yeah. And then I'm like, "Okay, but when do we actually start talking about the place that we're talking about and not cuz it's like not it's like not talking about the place. It's not it's like talking about things that have happened in the vicinity that have been built there in the past, however many years, mm-hmm. like stuff like that." And I'm like, "I oh, I don't even know what's going on."
0: That was that was my problem when I was trying to find a, a like a story to match your New Zealand one where it's like, "I like there's a different culture here. I don't know if yeah. the deal goes the same way. And I didn't really like all the ones where it seemed to be like American tourists going somewhere yeah. and making up a history about something, making up a reason for something to be spooky. That bothered me a little bit. So I, I mean, said, you could just do another eh. true crime. No, I know, but I hadn't even searched for those yet. And then I well, because I'm doing this one, yet. so you
1: definitely could do a true crime. Because the next one's a true crime, but it's really just like a mystery thing. I was thinking of doing one from
0: like, um, like <sighs> Sweden, Denmark, Germany, like an old timey pirate. Yeah, you could do that. And I thought that, that, like... That'd be good. I'm just going to just gonna start pairing international ones with international ones. Yeah. They don't have to be the same area. <laughs>
1: yeah. We can do that. But anyway, so what was I saying? So, yes. 86% United States. 4% Australia. 3% Germany. 2% Philippines. Those are the most um, that have actual, like, numbers. And not, like, less than 1% is the yeah, rest of like, I don't know how those are calculated. So... So, in an attempt attempt to uh, get more people from different countries to listen, today, my story is from New Zealand. Which, I don't even know if that's on there as a less than 1%. I'm not looking it up again. That's okay. (laughs) Anyway, so, today, my story is about Francis Marshall. I got my information from PaperPass.net lib.government.newzealand, nzherald.co.nz, nzhistory.gov.nz, and litverse.com. Okay, so here I'll start out with a a quote from a newspaper article from one of these many websites. Um, This is from the New Zealand Truth newspaper, quote, Auckland was horrified on Tuesday morning to learn that on the previous night or early that morning, a woman had been done to death in the city under circumstances of the most horrible, brutal, the most horrible, brutal, brutality imaginable. Sorry, I can't read. Indeed, in many of its characteristics, the crime is reminiscent of the notorious Jack the Ripper outrages, which paralyzed London with horror years ago. When was this? we're not there yet you haven't told me no so Francis marshall and frederick charles marshall a fish courier lived in gratton street off nelson road freeman's bay See, there's are things I don't know, but other people might. So I always put in mm-hmm. all the information because they can be yeah. like, wait, that's where I get bubble tea now. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so, like more specific uh, location yeah. information, the better.
1: So Frances was a, quote, buxom and well-kept woman of 43 years of age. And um, her neighbors said that she was of sober and industrious habits and, gener- and generally well-liked. She had no children, but appeared to love to... Oh my gosh, my typos. She had no children, but appeared to live quite happily with her husband. Um, A newspaper also described Frederick as, quote, a thickly built and stocky man of
0: 44 years of age. That's how I would be described. So it sounds like they're having a good life, eating good food.
1: Yes. (laughs) They're living their life child-free. And they're happy, believe yeah. it or not. Because the one newspaper was like, she didn't have kids, but she, she seemed, seemed happy somehow. Happy. <laughs> yeah. Can't imagine how. <laughs> Don't know. Children. Um. So on September twenty eighth, nineteen fourteen, Francis and Frederick left their home around seven o'clock that night. Um, they walked together for a while before parting. Uh, Francis was said to have visited a hotel, and then headed to her friend's house. Mary Ann Whitford. Um, One paper said that her last name was Whitworth, but I think Whitford was, like, the majority of Mm -hmm. them. So, um, and Mary Ann lived in Wellesley Street and had been friends with, um, Francis for about 13 years or so. Um, Frederick knew that she was going to Mary Ann's and Frederick stayed up all night anxiously, anxiously wondering, um, I guess I just totally left out the part that she never came home. Anyway, so, (laughs) so anyway, so they were together at seven o'clock, walked a while down the road towards this hotel and whatever. I think Frederick went to like a bar or restaurant or something. And anyway, so he knew that she was going to go to a friend's house, but didn't know if she was staying the night because she didn't mention that she was but she didn't come home that night so, so frederick like cocaine, stayed up maybe. all night anxiously wondering where she yes. was um because he was just like well maybe she just did just stay the night like, like it's so late they too much yeah. life, sleepy. so um the next in the morning he was told quote your missus has been murdered that's really a nice There's way not to put a that. better way to
0: deliver
1: <laughs> that <laughs> i <didn't. laughs> Anyways. your so, missus—the
0: only person you have in the whole wide world—she dead. Yeah, she been, she's been dead. She in. got gutted. So.
1: So this is more of like the timeline of events. If my work could stop sending emails. Please. Okay. So this is more of like this—the the events that happened before, that was told. That was just like the setup of mm-hmm. the story. So. So he had been worried that Francis, you know, hadn't come home. But by breakfast time, he assumed that she had just stayed with Marianne. So he headed out to Rob Roy Hotel, which is now the Birdcage Tavern, to see about a job. Um, but a little bit later on his way home to Grattan Street in Freedman's Bay, A shopkeeper told him his wife had, quote, took very bad, and that the police wanted to see him because his wife was ill, and when he got home, his neighbor, Baker, told him that she had been killed. So, Frederick went to the Newton police station, where he learned that this was true. Um, He was taken to the city morgue, where he identified the body um, of his wife, um... And she had been stabbed and slashed to death uh, the night before or just, like, really early, early that morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Frances had about 25 wounds on her head, neck, and chest. Oh her forehead and scalp had been scored by the same instrument. Her throat had been practically cut from ear to ear, and the jugular vein was severed. Her skull was fractured in two places. Her lungs and heart were also stabbed, which that's oh. disgusting. Um she was found in a pool of blood and died quickly from blood loss. Um, her hands had no blood on them, and there were no apparent signs of a struggle, which is really weird. Um, and then a newspaper article described her as, quote, quite dead. <laughs> That's not, I mean, it's just funny the way they said it. It's they, not funny she's no, dead. But,
0: no, but they keep saying, <laughs> yeah. they're like, so she's like, like... She's in a real bad way. Yes, yes. Like, like they keep saying the weirdest things to indicate <laughs> that she's dead.
1: Um, quote, quite dead and had evidently been killed some hours previously. Um, it also said her nose had been, quote, cut about.
0: Was someone trying to make a Frankenstein's monster? I don't like, what know. is
1: happening? So, Francis' um, left hand was wearing a glove. The right was bare, and her small blue hat was still on her head, although her clothes were disarranged. Um, I don't even know if that's a word, but that was in my research. But that's how they so, said it. Um, a watch was still suspended around her neck by a cord. She was wearing a black skirt and a short blue knitted jacket. Her handbag was found nearby and still had um 7p 7p whatever that is Mm -hmm. and a receipt with the name Marshall on it um five shillings worth about $40 today was found under her body
0: um so it wasn't a robbery
1: no um so these were the few like firm details that were ever found out about Mm -hmm. this case so, doctors who examined Frances's body concluded that she had probably been killed with a pocket knife oh, uh, that had a double-edged point and a blade from three to six inches long and was three-quarters of an inch broad. The killer was most likely left-handed and struck her so hard that hand injuries would have occurred, which, oh. like, that's... Like, you got some anger issues, yeah. brother. However, a knife wasn't found. Um, there were no reports of a disturbance at all. And there was no sign of a struggle or robbery.
0: I was like, she wasn't, she didn't have any blood on her, though. So, like, she wasn't, or, like, on her hands. So mm, so she it, had she to be, like, be, like, be unconscious or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Frederick had arrived home at 9.40 p.m. on Monday, which was the night that they had um, gone out together. Mm-hmm. Um, September 28th, 1914, to find that his wife still wasn't there after they had both been out and then parted ways. Uh Other witnesses described moments to an inquest. She visited a friend in Wesley Street, the Marianne woman, Mm -hmm. about 9 p.m. and left around 9.40 p.m., possibly 10 o'clock, saying that she was going home because she had to be up early to go with her husband, who was going to that hotel about a job. So on the way, she, this is like other people in the yeah. area have, are, have reported. She bought cigarettes at a shop nearby today's corner of Hobson and Union Streets. Um, Hobson and Wellington at the time. A boy aged 15 saw a woman and a man and walked past them on Upper Nelson Street at about ten fifteen p.m. He said at one point the man mumbled something to the woman, which he did not hear, and then slowed down and let him pass. Um, Sophia Miller, a resident of Hayden Street, said around 1020 she had seen Francis alone at the corner of Upper Nelson and Upper Union when she was um, taking her son to the hospital. And then the next morning, Francis's body was found by a young girl. She was laying on her side with her head in a pool of blood in a narrow alley between, tra- between tramway worker Peter Erickson's Upper Nelson Street house and a some kind of wall that was attached to the neighboring um premises of tea and coffee merchant md taylor the alley was accessible only from a vacant section where the girl had been playing behind the taylor's premises so the fact that there were so little facts on the case and that nobody heard anything Mm -hmm. or saw anything besides her alive and walking back home yeah um made the truth newspaper come up with some (laughs) wild theories. So the paper, um, equated this crime to the 1888 Jack the Ripper serial killings in London. It said Francis was probably killed by, um, quote, that foul being known to scientists as a necrophile, one who satiates his lust on the body of the dead. (laughs)
0: Um, <laughs> a fell being known to science. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As da da da.
1: Okay. So anyway,
0: oh, are we already almost done? But that's what they're like. It's like Jack the Ripper. They're very yeah. Like it's, it's the worst of the worst. Because it is. It is. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. Yes. So the New
1: Zealand Herald that came out on October thirteenth, nineteen fourteen, had some questions that. Either the police or the newspaper asked Frederick. I really couldn't tell which. I think Somebody it was the police asked Frederick. So, uh, let me see here. Okay, so quote: Was she a steady woman? Very sturdy, very steady. Yes. <laughs> also <laughs> She sturdy. used to drink. A, she used to drink a very little. What was the first you knew of her death? I went to my place at 20 minutes to 10 that evening and she was not at home. Um, the key under the mat, the key was under the mat and I opened the door and went inside thinking she would return soon. I went outside in my slippers to see if I could see her coming and I went to the corner 20 or 30 yards away. Standing there for a quarter of an hour hour or so. the time passed on and she never returned at all. I stayed up all night at about half past seven. I went out to see about a job at the Roy. See, what's up with the typos in this? The Roy, whatever hotel that I said before, there's a typo and I don't remember the name. She wrote Roy Um Yeah. (laughs) A young man had gone on a holiday and I thought I might get a job. So then in another article, these, they said these were the questions from chief detective, mcmahon mcmahon in the same newspaper article or a different one i'm not really sure these i i did these notes like over a month ago now so anyway quote had she stayed out frequently before never to my knowledge why did you go and look for a job instead of looking for your wife i did not know where to go as i did not know where she had gone but you knew that she had visited Mrs. Whitford's for many years? Yes. <laughs> Why did you not go there? I knew she would have been all right if she had gone there. That was pretty logical. <laughs> it's like, well, if she's at her friend's <laughs> house, she's fine there. Yeah.
0: I need to go get a job. <laughs> um,
1: how long have you been married? 20 years. Would you call it a happy life? Yes. I could not better it. Did you ever have to chastise her? We had little tiffs now and then, the same as everybody else. Did any of those tiffs blacken her eye? Are
0: you an abusive husband? On one (laughs) occasion,
1: I think it did. I hit her with the back of my hand once and it blackened her eye. (gasps) So, dun dun, dun. Do (laughs) do you carry a knife? I used to carry a pen knife to clean my nails. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) When did you last carry one? It is in my overcoat now. On the night of the 28th, you were alone all the time? Yes. And you made no inquiries of the neighbors either that night or in the morning? Why was that?
0: that can't, At an night, adult I did not want to disturb anyone.
1: <laughs> in the morning, I was anxious to get the job, so I did not make any inquiry. <laughs>
0: Like, why weren't she more concerned about this poor innocent woman who you're supposed to be in charge of because she's a poor innocent woman and I they're just like think it's that sorry he's like, well she went to her friend's house and I knew she was fine yeah I was like generally when adults go do adult activities they're usually okay um, so I went about my day <laughs> so the this is a this is a question from the coroner
1: quote why did you not go to bed I could not rest I laid on the sofa I did not know where she would be but in the morning you were very calm
0: why did you not make inquiries? <laughs> what is up with the inquiries? I think, I think it's like, it's a combination of his wife's not home. That's weird. Also, I need to get this job and I'm anxious. He's just yeah. in general anxious and couldn't was, sleep. <laughs> yeah. because why?
1: why did you not make any inquiries? I was very anxious to get the job. But if you were so upset as to not be able to sleep at night, why was it that you would not ask about her in the morning? Because I don't think it was primarily I thought she would her. be home when I got home to see about the job. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, he was so, anxious about the job, not so So this not was the there. chief
1: detective's final question. <laughs> there is one more question, sir. The stand The stand this witness is taking is shrouded is shrouding the the matter in mystery. What? Anyway. If if he answers this in a straightforward manner, if many it may clear up the matter the corner very well. Which is like, why do they, is this all, like, did somebody actually write down everything they said or, or are they, like, I don't know, making somebody, it like, up? like, tell the story yeah. after?
0: Like, well, I said this and then they said this and then they said that.
1: So, Chief Detective, now, is it not a fact, Marshall, that you are aware that this woman has been leading a questionable life for some time? No, sir, I am not. You stick to that? I do stick to it.
0: <laughs> um, They're trying to make her... Like, like, a questionable woman yes. and, and him the murderer, and instead they were just both living independent lives and they can't fathom that. Yeah. So, um... Because it is 1914, so, and that yeah, would be weird So, yeah, so they're then.
1: assuming that she's a lady of the night, essentially, mm-hmm. and... Um, the I don't know if it was like the main thing that made them think it is that she's alone at night but without her husband like that's so crazy that her, her husband would let her go to a friend's house alone I,
0: they or just have, like a weirdly modern relationship it seems
1: yeah but also like the forty dollars found well today's forty dollars found under her made them think like you know she had been paid and then the person you know killed her or uh-huh. whatever. Um, so that's like really the only thing that they have to be like, oh, she's a lady of the night. Like, so it's just.
0: Did they specify where she works ever?
1: I I don't think she had a job because he was he was a fish carrier or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. so the newspaper article is titled, quote, Auckland prostitute prostitute stabbing. 1914, they on the her. nzhistory.government.nz website. She made her prostitute. Uh-huh. She
0: was not necessarily one at and all. And then the
1: title of the article on the NZ Herald website is, quote, murder mystery, killer of Aw- killer of alleged Auckland prostitute never found. Oh my gosh,
0: that's terrible. So
1: yeah, so the the one thing I they wanted to bring up in this worse. is that they is that they just made her into a prostitute when like none of the neighbors said she was a prostitute. Like nobody had ever said anything nobody about her being a saying prostitute. Other than the police. Just the fact that she was killed in the middle of the night. And then still to this day that's what they it's not what the newspaper says. That's what they title the newspaper as on the websites.
0: Oh my gosh. So, so I saw that and I was like, You guys one.
1: need to stop slut shaming this woman who just happened to get murdered at night. Like that's so ridiculous. Like I saw that and I kept reading it and I was like, but there's no it, like, proof
0: here that she is one. Like I've why never read into like you know, like the Jack the Ripper killings? It makes yeah. me wonder if they actually were women of the night or if they were just mildly more independent women.
1: Yeah. They were just. I mean, it's still like women that get killed today. It's so just because like, it's a victim of opportunity, yeah. essentially. But then they're like, "Well, maybe she shouldn't, have been been in, in, she shouldn't that have been out in She shouldn't have been out in an outfit at yeah. nighttime by herself. Like, okay, so you want us it, to yeah. run around naked and then hope that'll keep people away from us? Like, well, what? you would be crazy. <laughs> like, are you kidding? So anyway, I just thought that was worth mentioning because I think that's that terrible so that angry. you're making poor Frances Marshall into something that no one's ever proven she was. And even if she was, she's got to make a living. Because they're not even, you know? like,
0: no one's making the argument even that, like, there's some arguments you can make to be like, well, she went to a hotel late at night. And then she went to a friend's house. Quote, you know, air quotes. But the thing about the hotel, I knew she went to the. This I was like, but this is also a normal thing a normal person can be doing in the nighttime. Well, I think about the
1: hotel was that I think she literally went to make sure they still had that job opening for her husband. She went to the same hotel.
0: Yeah, and it was probably like along the way ish to where she was going. So.
1: So, Peter Erickson, who the little girl had told um, about finding the body that morning, Mm -hmm. said that he had seen Francis in the vicinity before and concluded it was for moral purposes. He was also the one who called police um, when the body was found around 7.15 a.m., which, like, to me, I don't know, man. Like, you seem pretty suspicious to me. You probably didn't. Or, let's see. Yeah. Because it was between Peter Erickson's house...
0: I mean, it makes sense that you'd find An it. In right MD Taylor's house.
1: house. He didn't find it though. The little girl came to his door and oh. said, uh, there's a dead body. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know. Like in my mind. Can you imagine that though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, to me, I'm like, I don't know, Mr. Peter Erickson, like, you're just gonna say... And you mean, it's like, you've she's seen a that woman before, she's here for immoral purposes, like, I don't know, like, he seems a little sketchy to me. He's, like, making and up the stories no, to why this happened. So. Yeah, and there's no evidence, like, there's nothing in any of the mm-hmm. newspaper articles that ever said they actually thought he might be a suspect either. And I'm like, Because well, they decided she was a prostitute and didn't deserve to have
0: the crime
1: I know. solved. So, with the inquest... Jury's verdict was that Francis had been murdered by some person unknown. Quote, the police are clearly working in the dark and have little, if any, clue to go upon, though it might reasonably be suspected that the murderer is a seafaring man who would be quick to destroy the evidence of his brutal crime. All indications are present that all, all indications at present are that the murder will remain a mystery. And, um, to this day, the killer still has not been identified, and it is one of at least 60 unsolved homicides in New Zealand since the start of World War One. And that is the story of poor Miss Frances Marshall. And that's all I've got.
0: I'm so angry that the police made her a prostitute not even that modern day newspaper these, website still people calling her that get out of here with, with that. absolutely no reason to say that other i than just that one person decided that i think she got killed because she was doing immoral uh, things
1: immortal acts so if he did unless he did it i'm a man who lives no in my home alone know. but that woman's gotta be doing immoral moral acts yeah yeah okay peter <laughs> you know what else starts with a p Pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you, be so quick to judge. On. Have you heard, seen the things about people not knowing what nonce meant, like the British word? They thought it meant something like dunce, and they would they would use it to like describe themselves as like a bit of a they're a bit of a nonce. Oh and It no. does not mean dunce. It doesn't mean a little bit dumb. It does mean pedo. <laughs> does <laughs> does mean pedophile. Jeez, and was, Louise. And look a, like please look up the something. definition before you know. Right? Don't please, assume. Yeah. Don't assume. But I was watching something recently. They had said that. I was like, I know what that means now. And it was making fun of a guy growing a mustache. And I was like, Ooh, That's really funny. There we go. Context. Yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> That's too funny.
0: Anyway, I just thought it, that it was worth
1: mentioning that they just decide to say she's a prostitute with really no evidence. And, um... And whoever because killed like her had even,
0: knowledge of the body to be stabbing her in very specific yeah. locations, uh-huh. but that's well, not and, important. Well,
1: like to me, like I'm case. more, like I would more look at that as like a man who really just hates women. Yeah. And threw the money at her after, you know, killing her or whatever. Or...
0: And, and if he did anything else with her. And, well, yeah, yeah. And, like, the, the fact the that, like, of... there's
1: no sort of fighting back, like, mm-hmm. nothing. Like, what is that about? I mean, I know it's back when in the she day and there's not out, a lot to go off of. But what happened it's just was a big mystery to me that they don't did focus on that. Or... And when you look her up, I think, let me...
0: She's not, like, she didn't seem like she would be, like, a pushover of a woman based on their no. description of her.
1: And yeah, when you look her up, the first thing that pops up is a New Zealand Herald. Yeah, Auckland prostitute. That's the first thing that pops up is the Auckland prostitute
0: thing, and it's like listen, there's nothing wrong with being a prostitute, but the fact that they're making people yeah, that's what I'm saying undermining the entire crime because of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's the bad thing.
1: (laughs) Yep, it's not just America, folks. Okay. Anyway. Um, try not to kill anybody and don't miss with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye.